What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my very good friend, co-host, the Beanie Boy himself, Joe Dorville. What's going on, man? Yep, yep, yep. What's going on, Brennan? Not much. Um, got a lot to get to. If you are new to the show, I'll give you a quick rundown of the show. First, we're going to go through the hottest topics in some of the biggest sports. Then we're going to get to the quick hits, which is going to be Joe and I going back and forth with questions we have for each other or that we're both going to answer. Then we'll do the walk off, which is a short essay portion, followed by the press conference where we peddle our wares. But we're going to start this week the same way we start every week. It's football season, baby. Joe, the kickoff. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Hey, Brennan, you know what time it is? Football season. It's ball night. It's football time. You know what time it is? What time is it? Time to talk about the game of the week. Game of the week. I forgot about game of the week. Oh, game of the week, baby. Bringing it back. So for those of you who are living under a rock, the NFL season kicked off this week. And the game that everyone is talking about, including us, game of the week, Cleveland Browns. Going into Arrowhead facing the Kansas City Chiefs, three-time defending AFC champions, Super Bowl winners in the past five years. Three times? They've been to three Super Bowls. They've won one, two? You are you're giving them an extra Super Bowl appearance. No, they've been three. They've won one. No. You tell me Patrick Mahomes lost two Super Bowls, Brennan? No. No, no, not at all. Anyway, <laughs> Kansas City. Um, now I'm so trying to Cleveland, think who won that, th- that first of the third. Is that the, is it Brady, Falcons, Pat Mahomes? No, that doesn't seem right. Well, look, we'll is get research Eagles? on this. But is it Eagles? Let's, let's Kansas talk City, about Tampa Bay. Focus. Focus. I'm looking it up. Focus. It uh, might be Eagles, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. No. So the Browns going to Kansas City. The Browns, who everyone's is everyone's darling this year, on paper, all that firepower, revamped, added a bunch of stuff to the defense, and um, I'm going to tell you like this: they could have had that game. They definitely could have had that game. Um, a couple of boneheaded plays towards the back end of that. Um, you had the, the 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 botch snap. It wasn't at the end of it, but the botch snap by the punter. Um, which really f- f- screwed them over. Um, Nick Chubb with a late fumble, and then Baker throwing that errant interception on that uh, potential game-winning drive, um, where he was getting taken to the ground and kind of just threw it up anyways, and it got picked off. Um, yeah, are you ready? Go for it. Since 2015, it was the Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles over the Patriots, New England Patriots over the Rams, Patriots, Kansas Rams. City, Ch- Kansas City Chiefs over the Niners. The worst Super Bowl ever. Sorry, that okay. I, I I'm good now because it's the worst one that I forgot. Because the pay, I, I was like, I think Brady beat because they made it to the AFC Championship, but that was the D Ford jump off side game. That's what and it was, then and then the Patriots, Patriots beat them. went okay. on to beat the Rams. Yeah, so they've yeah. been to two Super Bowls, won one of them. There we go. Got it. All right. Good to know. Good to know. But yeah, um, um, the brown the brownies were up nine going into the fourth quarter, and then um, the Kansas City Chiefs did Kansas City Chiefs things. Uh, I think we talked about it last year. They're like the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. Like no lead is safe around them. Patrick Mahomes yeah, and it's is weird. nine and two when down two scores. It's weird when um, 
They were t- he, Patrick Mahomes was talking about uh, that play to Tyreek Hill towards the end. And he's like, yeah, I just threw it up. I figured Tyreek would be down there. And it's like, that's just blind faith. Yeah. And it's skill. crazy. OBJ didn't play um, this week. No, trust uh, he's still me, coming I got back from that injury. Is he on your fantasy roster? He's on my fantasy team. And all right. I, hopefully my buddies don't listen to this, but at the start of the kickoff, at like 12, 15, I went to the basketball courts. So I was like, let me put up some shots for like 30 minutes. Then I'll head back home. People started showing up around 1245. I was like, damn, I'm not going to get out of here. They wanted to play a game. I was like, I got one game in me. I played one game in the midst of that game. I sprained my ankle. Didn't get back home until like two and only looked at the scoreboard, never looked at my roster. So he got, they called him out at 3.30. And I'm only looking at the scoreboard and watching the games and icing my leg. And I end up getting yelled at because I left OBJ in my lineup. I'm like, at fucking 12, he was questionable. Okay, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he went through pregame warmups. And that was the thing was they were going to say, they said, well, we'll play him if he feels good. But he didn't feel up to it. So they didn't play him. A couple things um, that stuck out to me. Uh, and, and Romo pointed this out was that Cleveland needed to get a lead and then run the ball. That's what they're known for. That's they want to do that old school smash mouth football. And that's exactly what they tried to do. But I found it interesting. Um, the the time of possession was odd to me because they only had 21 carries between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and ba- but Baker only threw the ball 28 times. So, you know, that's not that's about average as far as uh, offensive plays per game for a team. So, I don't know. To me, you would think that the running stats would be a lot higher, especially when you have the lead going into the fourth quarter. But to only run it 21 times with your two running backs that are considered the top tandem in the NFL, like it just seems seems odd to me. Well, it was a benefit of good field position. Early on, um, they they were able to get Kansas City off their mark. Kansas City wasn't hitting, um, clicking the way they normally, the way they did at the end of the game um, in the first part of the game. And they got into good field position, and Nick Chubb got a couple of runs where he just bulldozed his way into the end zone. They yeah, scored he, he touchdowns so on their first three possessions, so it was like Jesus Christ. They looked like they were gonna run rub shop, but then, like I said, Kansas City is the Golden State Warriors. He'll throw it up to Tyreek Hill with just seeing an arm, I believe he said, and yeah, they, and and boom, they're back. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I mean, it looks like Kansas City, especially towards the end of that game, is going to be the Kansas City that we all know and love for the past three years. They're going to be, or for the past two years at least, they're going to do what they do. Um, The AFC North um, is starting to look very crowded. Uh, We'll get to uh, some of the other games. Oh, Yeah, because Cleveland, I thought on paper, was going to kind of take it. And everyone heard our power rankings where I had, the Steelers, and then we've talked about all the injuries Speaking for the Ravens. Of, I was going to say, they had more injuries since that initial power I know, ranking. and it's it's crazy. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. I thought, I, but I thought, like, going into this weekend with all that stuff going on, what was going to, I thought Pittsburgh was going to be on the decline and with all the injuries to the Ravens, and then obviously the Bengals are the Bengals. I was like, oh, Cleveland's got a clear path. They might be able to get the two or three seed in the AFC. And I still think that. Um, with how well they played, but but all roads go through Kansas City. So you want to play Kansas City week one when they're still trying to gel. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't want to play Kansas City in fucking December in Arrowhead. So yeah. 
This was a great opportunity for them to snatch that number one seed and try to hang on to it and ride it as long as they could, and they couldn't do it. But they can they can look back at this game and say, hey, aside from a fumble by our punter, a fumble by Chubb late in the game, we didn't have OBJ. One of our safeties got ejected. One of our safeties couldn't play because he wasn't healthy yet. Um, Grant Grant Delpit, I believe his name is rookie out of yeah. rookie last year out of LSU. Um, and they can say, hey, we were right in that game up until the very end. Um. So yeah, but Kansas of- City was also missing their best defensive player too. Let's I not mean, forget that. Yeah, I mean you got me there. No, <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the game. It's any given Sunday. And speaking of anything can happen on any given day. The next game, not so much game of the week, but I know I wanted to talk about this. Joe, you wanted to talk about it. That's why it's in the rundown. We're talking the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals. Joe Burrow's back, getting a huge win. Bengals. I really honestly think that Zach Taylor and the Bengals you wanted to tie. Uh, yeah, I was being. <laughs> I think Zach Taylor and the Bengals wanted to tie this game. I think, I think they Kirk tried everything Cousin, they could. I think Kirk Cousin yeah. wanted to tie. He wanted to get that eight, eight, You one. said on <laughs> this podcast, Kirk Cousin is such a mediocre quarterback. So middle of the road, he'll probably go eight, eight, and one. He and wanted game to go one, so bad. He almost did it. He wanted it so bad. I'm so mad he didn't get it. Uh, Vikings, second year in a row on paper, they look good. Because remember, three years ago, they had a very good team. And nothing has changed all that much. I well, mean, obviously, one thing has changed. Yeah, I was just about to say. Obviously, <laughs> one big thing has changed. Obviously, the best wide receiver is now playing in Buffalo, but they have been so unreasonably bad the past two seasons. I was say also, uh, I can't remember because they got the hot towards the end of last year. Remember, we used to talk all that shit about them, and then they yep. Dalvin Cook started rolling, and we're like, okay, here they come. They might even make the playoffs. Maybe well, they're halfway through the AD. season. That, that's kind of what they do. Oh, that's what Kirk yeah. does. But um, uh, I kind of remember the DN's name, but um, he had a fantastic, Ever, Everson Griffin. Uh, he had a fantastic year three years ago. And then last year, he kind of had a mental, no, he kind of had a mental snafu, if you will, um, oh, okay. and ended up leaving the team. Um so yeah, he was a big part of the, the the pressure they could get on the in the front. But um, to this game, uh, like you said, Burrow coming back from injury, Burrow looked good, not great. Um, yeah, I still think they need to shore up that offensive line a ton because he got sacked five times, and on one of those sacks, he kind of limped off the field. And then after well, that's that, what happens when you take a wide receiver instead of a tackle. The next drive, they ended up running the ball a ton. But that receiver, Brendan, I believe, caught five catches yep. for like a buck one and a touchdown. He looked. Just yep. like he was in uh, an LSU uniform. Yeah, so, Jamar uh, played real well. And I mean, it's all well and good. I <laughs> congrats to Jamar, but you know where I stand. And we're going to get into it with a couple of these other games because yeah, the offensive the lines. How look yesterday? Oh, my God. The offensive lines fell apart in a lot of ways. But, hey, I called the Slater thing in for the Chargers. The 13th pick, Rashawn Slater. Who's responsible? The tackle that I shouted out a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Chargers. I'm like, who are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, dude mm-hmm. was mauling people. That's not on the rundown, but if you guys want to, if you guys like good offensive line play, check that out. Okay. All right. But back to this game. Cincinnati, um, like you said, I can't say much more than that. We're not, we're, we're not about reading a bunch of statistics like we used to do. Um, look good, not great. Uh, Joe Mixon had a great day on the ground. Fantastic. Um, like you said, uh, Dalvin Cook just, I mean, you know, he scored a touchdown, but he just could not get it going. The fact that Adam Thielen is still the number one wide receiver when you had uh, Stefan Diggs is 
And now it's Justin Jefferson. To me. Yeah. Um, well, Kurt but, don't like going deep, man. He's going to slow it short and intermediate. He yeah, was that's one what for I was four say, on deep passes, passes over 20 yards. Adam Thielen had, had the stats um, as far as the most receptions. Uh, God, Justin Jefferson only had five for 71 yards, and that's because he broke a big one on one of those 35, four yards. Yeah, so I, um, I, I don't. Cousin is the king of Yak, Yak City. Yeah, yak, yak city, baby. Yak, yak city. He's going to throw um, it short and hope you can break it. That's this about is gonna all be he the, has. I think this is going to be the Minnesota Vikings uh, of last year where they're just good enough to kind of be mediocre. Some games will look great. You know Dalvin Cook's going to go off. He's going to have some dominant well, performance. Let's get down to the brass taxes. They're good enough to cover. So bet Minnesota every game. Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah, they're good enough to cover. Cincinnati, this was a flash in the pan. They, um, wow. they have too Shots many issues. Fired. No, I'm, I mean, come on. That, <laughs> we saw that offensive line. Burrow got sacked five times and coming back from a gruesome knee injury. That's not that's not going to be sustainable, that 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 way of life. I mean, if Joe Mixon can keep it going, then they might be all right. But I've Joe Burrow is going to he's he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. Well, one thing I did like um, from them this year versus last year was uh, getting Mixon the ball a lot and early because yeah. last year they were 29 times carries. Where, there last year there were times and I think Burrow only threw it uh only dropped back to throw it twenty seven times. Um add five to that for the five sacks. But um last year he had games where he was dropping back forty and fifty and one game sixty times. Yeah, so that's not getting the ball to mix in, getting a good dose of mixing early kinda alleviates that. Now you just gotta shore up your uh your blocking scheme so he doesn't get taken down five times. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't. I don't think the Bengals are going to make any noise, especially because they are in a tough division. Um, the AFC North, as we already talked about, Cleveland. Then we talked about the Bengals. Ravens are playing right now, um, tied with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, yeah. But the other team in that division that everyone was kind of split on this year is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they went up against the Buffalo Bills, the darlings of last year. Um, Josh Allen making this tremendous jump from third year to four, or excuse me, second, yeah, second year to third year, second year to third. Sorry, yes, yeah, second year. So normally quarterbacks make their jump from the first year to the second year. Josh Allen still looked horribly inaccurate in his second year, but then from his second to his third year, actually made a tremendous leap forward. Uh, was in the running for MVP, which we all scoffed at the first five weeks of the season, but then he had the numbers to kind of back it up towards the end of the season. Um. Then this year came along and the start game of this one. year, everyone thought game one. Game, game one, the bills are ready to rock and roll. Here we go. Playing the Steelers who I thought were going to fall off a cliff. And I mean, that wasn't the case. Josh Allen, 30 of 51, 270 yards and a touchdown, but his accuracy looked like it took a big step backwards. Yeah. Um, he was one of seven on deep passes. And I think that's where it hurt them the most. Uh, he couldn't connect with digs deep. Or yeah. any other, anybody else, pretty much. But um, this was a game and that was a testament to honestly the Pittsburgh defense and special team. They had yeah, got that pump. That's what lock. I was just about to say. Yeah, um, they were able to apply pressure. Wyatt, who just signed that contract, got two sacks on what's the name? Um, yeah, look for Pittsburgh to fall off a cliff again because Big Ben can't throw the ball past five yards. Yeah, and that's the other thing. So I was really down on um, TJ Watt. Because of what I heard Warren Sapp talking about um, on that Super Bowl broadcast I listened to. And he's like, yeah, 
you know, it's Bud Dupree who gets all the attention. So TJ Watt can run free. And I, you know, it's Warren fucking Sapp. So I believed everything he was saying, but it turns out um, that's not the case. TJ Watt actually played really well. Well, they said um, good people on the, along that defensive line that helps yeah, for sure. free him up. So, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say, um, Joe and I have talked about it quite a bit when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. Including nine Josh Allen runs, be them Ooh. scrambles or design runs. They ran the ball twenty five times total. Devin take, Singletary, take, take, take the John, take the Josh Allen runs out of there. It's only fifteen carries between their running backs. Yeah, six. Yeah, it'd be sixteen if you take Allen out. Um, Devin Singletary, their go to back, who like we we I talk about this all the time because he's from FAU, but three years ago was a great fantasy back because I had him on my fantasy team, and then the last year. They didn't really want to run the ball. And then everyone started talking shit about Devin Singletary. Like, oh, they, they don't run the ball. They don't. they don't. They choose not to run the ball. And then we talked about it like last weekend, the week before, that they were going to need to run the ball more. And Devin Singletary, their, their starting back, has 11 carries. And get this, for 72 yards, he averages almost seven yards a carry. Yep. Yeah, when I saw and that, you, I was like, how, do you, how does what's the name throw the ball 51 times, I believe it is? Josh Allen threw 51 times. Yeah, 51, not including his three sacks. So he dropped back to pass 54, 54 times. 54 times, and you only rush the ball with your running backs. Now, Josh Allen is probably scrambling, not designed runs. You're, you're 16. having designed run plays only 16 times. Like I said this last week, Brian Dable, yes, you're a great offensive coordinator. Mix in a salad. That's yeah. the same words I said last week. Mix in a salad. Mix in a run. Not to get confused with Joe Mixon, but Mixon us run every once in a while. Don't put your quarterback on an island to have to be a hero every week, week in and week out. Allow they were him leading to this game play. at halftime, 10 nothing. They were and then they decided to keep and they throwing. They kept it. throwing the Every game they lost last year was because they kept throwing the ball. They never decided to change anything. It, it, it reminded me, they remind me their inability to deviate from their plan and also why the hell is your plan to throw the ball 50 times uh, reminds me of the Falcons in the Super Bowl like yep. you're up stop doing what you're doing and just win the game stop being Devin cute Singletary's a good back also I'm not <laughs> 11 like preaching carries for 72 yards that's, that's amazing good. yeah that's really good <laughs> keep giving um, that guy the ball he's gonna get more yards <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you weren't kidding. He was almost he was almost below fifty percent as far as passing, eighteen to thirty two. Didn't even break two hundred yards yeah, on thirty two attempts. Yeah, and that's yeah. just just uh, over five point five an attempt. Um, yeah, no, it, he he's just wait done. for it. He's done. It's yeah, it's <laughs> coming. Saying, he's he's a ton this of credit year's to their Ben Roethlisberger, but to highlight it more, he's this year's Drew Brees. He he can't do anything. He's done. Yeah. He's did you hear? Himself. Speaking of Drew, did you hear Drew's super funny joke? Hey, hey, you gonna you gonna wait for it in the one more round there, bro? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you had it on there, and I'm talking about that game. So uh, okay, let's go. All right, All folks, right. if you forgot how one more round goes, me and Brennan will lightning back and forth with thoughts on a game in particular. So I will lead off first. That's why I jumped, Brennan. Um, San Francisco, Detroit. This game was wild if you stopped paying attention because San Francisco went up, I believe it was like 38 
to 10 or something. Or 38 other. to 10, going into the and half or in the third quarter, something like that. Yeah. And then you, you turn around and then... Uh, Your boy, Detroit, Jared Goff. <laughs> Detroit scores one touchdown. It's like, okay. Then they get the onside kick. Okay. Then they score another touchdown. By the way, they made both of the uh, uh, two-point conversions to get it within one score and they're going marching down the field again after getting a. Did they get a second onside kick? Yeah, they got a second onside kick because it hit uh, Kittle. Didn't get the first one, and I think it hit Debo Samuel's. No, it hit Kittle in the helmet the first time, and somebody dropped the second one as well. Um, so yeah, they they were marching, and then your boy threw an interception to end the game. But it was it was just it was a. It, it, Stunning game. Like you, it's so rare that you see an onside kick recover, and I believe they got two. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they got two. Oh, I got to hit the sounder. <laughs> one more round. All right, my one more round will be my Jacksonville Jaguars going into Houston to face the Texans. Texans full of turmoil. Everyone's talking about that. I don't have Deshaun Watson. They're going to only win four games. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Jags were favored in this game. Rookie phenom Trevor Lawrence. Um, story of this game was the offensive line for Jacksonville. Uh, four series in a row, all four holding penalties. And to end all those series, basically you run out of momentum. Uh, offensive line jumping off sides. It, it was a sloppy game. First half, Trevor Lawrence looked okay. He did have three interceptions. You could tell he was trying to force stuff. Credit to Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans. Tyrod came out and was like, hey, I I hope you guys didn't forget, but I took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. Um, After they tried and, to give the job to Nathan Peterman. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Um, it's Nathan. See what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> Your boy, Nathan Peterman. Have you ever been so bad at something that you were like the poster boy? For the rampant systemic racism in a culture, I mean, look, nothing is more symbolic than when Nathan Peterman was playing that snow like if game I screw and something up at work, chunk of snow in his face mask. Like if I screw something up at work, they people just say I suck at my job. But when Nathan Peterman <laughs> screws something up at work, they go, "See, we told you." And is allowed racist. to continue to stay in the NFL, but mind you, he still has a job. He's on the Raiders. Yeah, he's currently. on the Raiders. I know. Judge Gruden he's loves him in the league. Bro, but, I was wrong. Oh, let me correct this. Um, oh God, why did I do this? No, no, no. It was me. It was me. It wasn't two back to back onside kick. They got the first onside kick that hit Kittle in the face, man. The second one, uh, Greenlaw recovered, and then Debo Samuel's got it punched out by Trey Flowers. A great play by Trey Flowers. Punched it out. Debo Samuel's fumbled it. That's how they got the ball. And then it was oh, turnover. Okay. Turnover on downs, not an interception. I got that wrong as well. Okay. Ankle hurts. Back to this Long game. Day. Recovery. Um, Ice in my leg. Elevation. So there's, yeah, I balled out of control yesterday too. I'm Dennis Rodman out there. I just play defense and get rebounds. And I get, I got elbowed in the face and that's all it took. I got one elbow. Like I I play soft because I'm like, oh, they're comics. Like I'm not going to rough up a comic. But then one dude was trying to like, you know, like freeze, like stop on a dime and his elbow flew up and hit me in the face. And I was like, oh, that's all it takes. I started checking people. I started fucking, I started doing like moving. Started to uh, a hockey player. I started doing moving screens, like just dropping my elbow, like into the screen. And I was like, oh, stick to the game. (laughs) That's all it took was one elbow to the face. Now I'm going to fuck all y'all up. Some Uh, of us has to work in the morning. 
Okay, so yeah, this game was very disappointing just because all the little mistakes. Uh, you could tell Trevor Lawrence was trying to force the ball, but again, credit to the Houston Texans. I, uh, I'll talk about it more in my walk off, but I, I can't go through another horrific season like we did last year. I don't expect us to be world beaters, but I did expect us to come out and take on a team that's going through all sorts of crazy shenanigans at the quarterback position. And I know Taylor is a good quarterback. I mean, he's above average for sure, but we needed a safety. And I said this a million fucking times in the draft. We're not going to have you go on a dissertation. This has to be. We needed that safety from TCU (laughs) and we passed on him. We passed on the goddamn offensive lineman. We took ETN who's now out for the year. And what happened? Trevor Lawrence was running for his life. All sorts of penalties on the offensive line. It's like nobody fucking understands. Anyway, horrible disappointment for Jacksonville to get the fucking brakes beaten off them like that. But great job for the Houston Texans, especially everything they're going through. Three things. One, I had that game in the pickle. Boom. Two, I told you two weeks ago that Houston was going to beat Jacksonville one of the games. You told me you I did. was crazy. I told you they would. Nah, That's two. One of them. Three, is Urban Meyer long for this job? Because reports are already coming out that they don't like him. Players don't like him. He gets too upset about losses you on preseason understand games. understand where I'm at with this. Like, Jesus I don't Christ. like him as an NFL coach. I've said this millions of times. There has not been much success. I tried to buy into it. I know I talked about it on this show. I tried to buy into the, oh, the hoorah-rah. Maybe it'll be like Harbaugh where everyone, you know, he can get the team going for a year or two, but then everyone hates him. But I don't. I don't think he's going to make it work. He just, it seems like, like, he'd seem like. All right. Too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. So undisciplined. All right. uh, Speaking of undisciplined, the Philadelphia Eagles. To go on another tangent real quick. The production going into this, uh, the Manning second broadcast, they've had Travis Kelsey on. They've had Russell Wilson on. They've had Ray Lewis on. Like, gee, every time I look, it's a new co-host. I'm like, I thought it was supposed to be the two of you. Um, the, yes, two, yes. the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Atlanta Falcons. I have been downplaying the Eagles the entire time, the entire offseason. Now I, I, I confided. Oh, this is the shit I'm mouth, talking about. Shut your mouth. I confided with my also my other Eagle fan, Kyle, and I said, "Look, the offense is good. The offense has no depth. If one offensive lineman goes out, we're screwed. But our defense is our secondary outside of our front four. It's garbage. But Atlanta sucks ass. So we're going to win this game. Atlanta has no defense to speak of. Outside of Deion Jones, they have no one to write home about. And their offense, again, Brennan, I told you last week when you put them in your top 16 or 15, however you (laughs) fucked up the thing, Mike Davis is their leading running back. Matt Ryan is their quarterback. He's no good. He hasn't been good since uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's left. He hasn't been good. And now he doesn't have Julio. They're going to double Calvin. That's the end of the offense. Pitts Kyle at 31 Pitts, yards. Kyle Pitts, it's hard for rookie tight ends to get going in their first year. Noah Fett in Denver took him into his second year. The only reason Gronk really popped that first year because him and a murderer were there together. All right? So it's your boy, not, Aaron Hernandez. It doesn't just happen like that. It took George Kittle a, ro- a while to get going. Travis Kelsey you took him a while. Same, Travis Kelsey's the same age as Gronk? He is. He's actually like only like two months younger. Uh, over under on when <laughs> Minshew starts. Oh my gosh. One more round. 
what I was going to say, and to everyone listening, you know already how I feel. It's very frustrating how I wear my heart on my sleeve when it comes to the Jags. And all Joe does is talk shit about the Eagles constantly. Then they get a win, and he's like, I knew it. I didn't tell anybody, but I knew it. This game, look, look, look. You, 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 sell you downplay low. your fandom you sell so much. Buy high or something like that. <laughs> sell, sell, sell high, under, buy, buy under low, sell, sell high. Yeah. Overperform, yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Whatever you know what it is. Speaking of overperforming, LASIK Jameis, Green Bay, New Orleans at Jacksonville, TIA uh, Bank Field. Technically a Ain't home game name. for New Orleans. They, yeah, me too. I miss Everbank. They, I uh, miss Everbank. I don't know why they changed. They, they, well, TIA gave them a shit ton more money. I know. I know, I know why they changed. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, interesting fact. New Orleans decided to uh, use the Jacksonville Stadium. This game's going overtime. Daniel Carter just made a 55-yard field goal to send this game into OT 27-27. Go ahead. They uh, thought it would be harder for Green Bay fans to get there. Little did they know there's a huge pocket of Green Bay fans that live in Central Florida. Uh, I know a ton of people that went to this game just from being from Jacksonville. They were giving away free tickets trying to paper the room. Um, Green Bay looked abysmal. Uh, embarrassing is what Coach LaFleur said, and I agree with him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked like he had not practiced at all in the preseason or not played at all in the preseason. He looked rusty, uh, missed timing with throws. Um, New Orleans looked on fire. The joke I wanted to get to that Drew Brees said that I thought was really funny was he said, yeah, it's the first time in five years that New Orleans has a quarterback that can drive the ball down the field, which was hilarious because he was the quarterback the last five years. Yeah, so to to that point, do do we have to kind of look at Sean Payton with a side eye like you did not put your team in the best position to succeed last year because you kept trying out a quarterback yeah. who couldn't throw the ball past 10 yards? Yeah, but we could say that about the Lakers with Kobe towards the end too. That's different. It's a, it's different. But it's a respect thing. I mean, it's different. It's different. At the end the Lakers I, at the end the Lakers with Kobe did not have a shot. To win a championship, if oh, I see if what there you're was saying, a but real yeah, quarterback yeah. Uh, for New Orleans last year, and also that Taysom Hill throwing him in for those couple of games, or yeah, whatever, I couldn't stand that. Like, yeah. if you really wanted to win, you would have you would have benched, yeah, Drew Brees. Um, I, I I believe I had this though. I said Jameis was going to win the starting job. I, I'm pretty sure you did too. Uh, it's interesting because since Jameis got his LASIK surgery, he has not actually started a game. Yeah. If you think about it, because he got cut, then he or not resigned. I think he got cut though. Uh, uh, and then not resigned. Up, they didn't pick up his fifth okay. year or sixth year. And then uh, fifth year, yeah. And then he went to New Orleans where he was backing up. So he has not actually played since he had that thirty for 30, 30 touchdowns, thirty interception season. But he threw for fifty two hundred yards. But then he got LASIK surgery, and everyone thought that might have been a big issue. Uh, it might have been as dumb as I think that sounds. Oh, Five so. touchdowns, no picks. Can we not? Can we? Okay. This this is the game where I'm saying, can we not do the overreaction Monday thing? Okay. Because Green Bay's is, defense looked dreadful. Yeah, they did. He had five touchdowns, but I was more impressed. Even though this game's not on the rundown, I was more impressed by the three touchdowns, three hundred yards by Matthew Stafford versus this game where it's really one pass for like fifty some yards. He only threw yeah. for like a buck thirty eight. Yeah, buck 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defense put him in great position. Alvin Kamara ran up and down the, the Green Bay Packers defense. He looked good. He yeah. did what he had to do. He was not, not phenomenal. No, but I'm not backing off of um, 
the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I'm not, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier today, but I was listening to Kevin Clark to of The Ringer and he said, uh, he feels like when it comes to the take on Green Bay Packers, he feels like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not backing <laughs> off this take. Um, they're going to get it together. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is too good. There's 16 games left. But I'm just happy for Jameis after all the shit he went through. Like, yeah, for, I don't know if I'm happy for Jameis. On the field. <laughs> he's a terrible person. <laughs> Fuck him off the field. But on the field, he went through all that terrible like ups and downs and everyone saying he couldn't do it, which I know how to yeah, anger you. It's a bit of his own making. Yeah, but I mean, just I'm, I'm going to take it here. I'm, I'm going to take it here. Everyone was saying he couldn't do it. And I know that you have a serious problem when people say serious that problem. black quarterbacks can't do it because they're, you know, they're running quarterbacks or they're this or they're that. I'm asking you as someone who's always got, you know, always backing Lamar Jackson is your number one quarterback when it comes to the situation. Everyone says he's a runner first. This doesn't make you in any way like good. All these fucking people who were saying like, oh, he can't play quarterback. And then he came out and played quarterback. That doesn't make you feel some sort of way at all. I uh, the thing with Jameis is I don't think anybody said he can't you play just don't quarterback. Like him as a person. No, 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 no. Even though I don't like him as a person. I don't no, think yeah, anybody no. said he can't play quarterback. It's he can play quarterback extremely well, but he just can't get out of his own way. Because like okay. that 30 for 30 year, like I was having conversations with people and I'm like, if this guy could stop throwing three touchdowns and three interceptions to help the other team out. This guy would be amazing. <laughs> just knock off one interception, three touchdowns, two picks. I don't, just have the ratio be better, but yeah. he just could not, not throw it to the other team. He's going to jack it up to anybody. So, yeah. And I'm interested with Sean Payton's offense. Um, if it's going to be a lot more like every once in a while, we'll take a shot downfield, but Bruce Arians loves throwing the rocks. So exactly. That was the other thing. Bruce Arian was like, just sling it. Like, give, who gives a damn? Yeah. And then he'd throw, throw four interception and be like, all right, I give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was the NFL slate. Thank you so much for the NFL coming back. We're moving to the NCAA now. Uh, it's not on the rundown, so I'm just going to throw it in here right now. FAU destroyed Georgia Southern 38 to three. Anyway, moving on, Joe, we had some upsets in the world of college football this year or this week, one year, this year. Wow. Uh, right yes. after we said it was super predictable, we were picking Ohio State if they went out. Oh, they're going to make the playoff if and they then, won out. Yeah, they, they didn't win out. <laughs> uh, Oregon goes into the big. No, they're not the big house. The horseshoe. The horseshoe. They still the horseshoe. Yep. Um, they go into the horseshoe and they rock Ohio State by seven points. Quite a rocking there. Quite a rocking. Uh, 35-28, CJ Stroud. Um, he's a rookie, right? Rookie. He's a freshman, right? Yeah. Is he a true freshman or? No, redshirt. Okay. Um, yeah, he just, look, Oregon recruits athletes the same way everybody else does. Um, it took a while for Mario Cristobal to get that program up and back running where it should be. Um, he's not Chip Kelly just getting the best athlete. Well, the I didn't specific- know Crucible was the head coach there. Yeah, yeah. All the way from FIU to Oregon. Yeah. He took over after Willie Taggart. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, big upset. Look, anytime Ohio State loses a game, it puts a smile on my face. So, go yeah. ahead and do you. Yeah, this was a... 
It, it was just a good game. I mean, it turned into a seemingly seemingly like a shootout late. Ohio State, everyone, you know, you thought was going to come back, uh, but they just couldn't get it done. And this was, at, like you said, at the horseshoe. Oregon's going to jump in the rankings since Ohio State was already third. Um, I think they jumped to five. Did they? All right. Oh, yeah. We got to bring back who's in, who's out, who's up, who's down. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Next week, I'll do that. Okay. All right. Let's go. USC Stanford. Oh, uh, USC was ranked, I believe, 14th. Uh, Stanford was able to knock them out. David Shaw and the boys went all the way to Los Angeles from, I don't, I don't know where Stanford's located. I know it's in somewhere, the Bay. Yeah, somewhere in California. I know it's in the Bay. I don't remember where in the Bay. Who cares? This Pass. was a trouncing. I'm, I'm a dog with a bone. You continue talking about it. I got to find where Stanford is. <laughs> it's like one of these campuses that's talked about so so glowingly. I got to find out. All right. Out. So Tanner McKee, 6'6", 228 it's in pounds. Stanford. Breaking news. Looks like your typical Stanford uh, quarterback. They they weren't really throwing the rock a ton. Uh, six. He was 16 to 23 for 234 yards, though, and two touchdowns, which are pretty fucking amazing stats for only 23 attempts. They only ran the ball six times. Get this. Six rushes. 115 yards and a Ooh, touchdown wee. for uh, Nathaniel Pete. 5'10", 197 pounds. That's a that's a load to bring down right there, boy. Um, yeah, so Stanford put it on him. The USC Trojans were uh, predicted to be like the saving grace uh, for that conference this year, the Pac-12. Everyone thought, well, UCLA is, everyone's going to suck except USC and Come to find out UCLA is actually playing real well and, and USC Oregon. just got yeah, in Oregon <laughs> and then USC just got their brains beat in by Stanford at USC. Stanford, let's not forget, is not a bad team. A few years ago, they were in, you know, in the top ten in contention yeah. for all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, Andrew Luck left and it was not really the same, but I mean they're they're a good program, they're a solid program, and then they beat USC. That's a that was a massive upset. I believe USC was favored in that game by 17 points. Yeah. And speaking of upsets, uh, hey Brennan, do you, you think the Texas Longhorns like their new uh, their new compatriots in the SEC? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they go. What did we say was going to happen? We said this was going to happen. They were going to. They're me. They, now they're not officially in the SEC, but when they get there, they're going to be a mediocre team in the SEC because they are a mediocre team. They're currently ranked 15, and they got their. Doors blown off by Arkansas Razorbacks, who are notoriously a walking mat in the SEC for all the big teams, all the good teams just walk all over Arkansas. And Arkansas yep. walked all over Texas this weekend. Uh, so what does that tell you? Transitive property is going to be a bad day in 2025 when Texas gets there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So. On to the near upsets, Brennan. Uh, yep. What were your thoughts on seeing the final score of 32-29 Notre Dame over Toledo? So this is interesting. Uh, something I took away from this is Notre Dame plays to its opponents. What I mean by that is uh, in football, uh, you'll find teams where they're projected to win and they win the game, but they barely win. And you're like, what the hell's going on? How could they you know, just barely beat this really good team, but then they barely beat this not so great team? And it's playing to your opponent. So you go Notre Dame's obviously going into some of these games thinking they're going to run over some of these teams because they've been so highly ranked the last few years and they're not ready. 
Like they're going to get everyone's number one shot. They were just in the playoff. What was that last year? The year before? Like last year. Yeah, they're going to get everyone's number one shot. Toledo, and Toledo I'm always could have won who, this game. By the way, yeah, they could have. And I'm always. And didn't we talk about Toledo last week too? Um, no, no, that was Tulsa. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Tulane. But I'm uh, Tulane. There you go. I'm always going to sit up here as a guy who went to a smaller Division One school but still got to play in bowl games. I'm always going to say, you know. Power five, non-power five. It still matters. Like they're all still D1 schools. If you get knocked out by Toledo, you're not going to the fucking playoff. It no. makes a difference. Um, so, and we saw with UCF, you know, they're not in a power five conference. They will be soon, but they're not right now. And then they go 13 and and don't get the, oh, sorry. Save that, um, save that. <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, you've got that. Uh, <laughs> but, um. I just think Notre Dame is playing to its opponents. I think if they actually go against a uh, heavyweight blue blood contender, they'll get their doors blown off like they do every year in the playoff anyway. Um, but yeah, Toledo played hard Raiders and it was good to time. see. Good. The Raiders. <laughs> Wait, good. I didn't want the Raiders to win that. We wanted the Ravens to win that. I know. Um, but the Ravens had lost another player to injury offensive lineman in this game as well. God damn it. Wow. I know. They're what is this next one that you fries. have? Uh, Colorado, Texas A&M. This was a near upset. Dropping like fries. You heard it here. I said fries? Shit. Um, Colorado <laughs> over Texas A&M. A&M came into this game, oh, wow. I believe, Look number five in the country. Um, yeah, they were. And they were down seven to three for most of this game until they almost got a touchdown. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, but it was punched out last second, went into the end zone. It was recovered by Colorado. Colorado needed at least a first down to kind of put the game away. At least, at least one, maybe two, possibly with the way time was looking. They couldn't get it. Um, and then Texas A&M turned it around immediately, got a touchdown, made it a 10-7 game, and they walked away the winners. Um, it was odd watching this game because – it, it, when Texas A&M was on the final drive, well, when they were on the first drive to get the touchdown before the turnover, and then on the second drive, it sounded like it was a Colorado home game, but it sounded like a fucking Texas A&M. It sounded like we were a college station the way they were rooting for them. Um, L. Greg, ex-producers, RIP, was actually in the stands watching the game for his birthday um, as a birthday gift uh, to him and his peoples. So, um, yeah, it was odd. Uh so yeah, it, it, it was just a weird, weird visual thing. But Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher got out of there with his men alive. So yeah, that's good. SEC baby, fuck the SEC. Uh, and the last game on the list here is uh, University of Miami eking out of win against App State. Now, Brett, App State, as you know, is a very good low FBS team. So I think this is a big win for the Hurricanes show that they're on the right track coming off that Alabama game uh, show that they're not going to give up on the season. You're being sarcastic, but uh, fun fact, Appalachian State's been, oh, being honest. Uh, I was gonna say, Appalachian's been <laughs> state ranked in the top 25 more than the University of Miami in the last 10 years. I don't know if that's true. Um, last five years? Let's say last game? five years. Do you remember when we beat Notre Dame in, in at the Rock 41-8? Do you not remember that game? No, when was we that? We were like number five in the nation at that point. Yeah, but that was years ago. That was two. That was two years, three years ago at most. How was Malik it? Rose here. I just know Appalachian State's. I mean, they're in the bottom of the top twenty-five, but they've been in the top twenty-five the last two, two or three years. We were ranked fourteen last week, anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One more round. 
Oh, don't you think I'm going to let this slide? FSU goes down to Jacksonville State 20-17. to Unbelievable. And a last Hail Mary play, Jacksonville State. Now, it's sad when you lose to Jacksonville State, and it's not the Jacksonville you think of because it's Jacksonville yeah, it's and Alabama. It's not Jacksonville yep. and Florida. And it's the Gamecocks, but it's not the South Carolina Gamecocks. Again, it's not the Gamecocks you think of. the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Florida State loses after a, a, an emotional game last week where they almost were able to pull off the upset on Notre Dame, but they come back to lose this game to Jacksonville State at home at Doak Campbell on Bobby Bowden Field. It, just un, unbelievable. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike Norvell, is that his name? Mike Norvell? Yeah, <laughs> you're getting tired. Uh, Mike Norvell ha- currently is on pace to have a worse record than Willie Taggart. And mind you, he avoided the Florida game, la- not avoided, but they didn't have to play the Florida game last year and the Clemson game last year due to COVID protocol because too many players. So he would actually be have a worse record. I believe he's three and eight currently. He would have a worse record than Willie Taggart at this point. But he had the benefit of you know Not who's got a great record right now? Willie Taggart at FAU, baby. 38 to 3. This guy. All right. Let's get through this. All right. Let's run through these real quick. Brennan, I called it last week. I told you the Blue Jays had a great chance to jump over the uh, the, the, the Red Sox and the New you York did. Yankees because they get to play within that division. You know how many points they put up on the Orioles this Sunday? 13. Benty Dose. That is 22 points. That is more than both the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa and the Tampa Bay and the Patriots put up this uh this past weekend, Brennan. Uh the Blue Jays have leapfrogged the Yankees and the Red Sox in order to take and the, Red Sox? the top seed in the wild card chase. Vladdy Guerrero tonight hit his 45th homer to Wait, take who's over. Who's leading the lead. that division then? The Rays. Ugh. The always, always steady raise, baby. <laughs> oh, God, also, they it, are. I you no one's even talking about them. No one has like, mentioned yeah. them. I mentioned them like once this year, and I was like, yeah, and they're and they're great. They, no one knows who's on the team, but they're great every year somehow. Um, also, shout out to Max Scherzer, Warrior God, through his three thousandth strikeout, um, and almost had a perfect game uh, going into I believe the eighth inning, and then Hosmer got a hit off him. Um, yeah, so Max Scherzer, again, he might win the Cy Young. He might have gotten traded from the worst team. Well, not the worst team, but they're worse than the Marlins now. Uh, one of the worst teams in the NL to the best team in the Well, one of the best teams because, again, the Dodgers lost the number one seed to the Giants. Um, Ugh, and he may win the Cy Young. It, it's it's hella impressive. He's leading... I believe he's leading his team and the NL in ERA currently. He's second in strikeouts. Max Scherzer is, look, I've had this argument with my buddies a thousand times. Who would you want, Kershaw or Max Scherzer? I want Scherzer Scherzer, 10 times out of 10 because he is never going to shy away from the big moment. Woo! There you go. And you'd be surprised how quick. Quick! Mayman hits. Quick hit. All right, time for the quick hits. Joe and I. I was wrong. The Raiders did not win the game. Apparently, the review came back the opposite way. Baltimore has the ball. So breaking on breaking news. Breaking Continuously breaking news. Uh, quick hits. Joe and I are going to go back and forth. Uh, we thought we were going to do the second long. one first. You want to do the second one first? 
Yeah, that's fine. We thought we were going to go a little long this week because football came back, but we're actually making great time because I'm starving and I'm kind of trying <laughs> to burn through this. Um, yeah, let's do that. Well, so I, the I new also Big cut 12. you short on 30 extra minutes of Jacksonville Jaguars talk. So. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. I'll get into it more in the walk-off. So the new Big 12, who is coming in? So I know it's UCF is moving up. We got the Big 12 UCF. is scrambling to get, because they're losing Oklahoma and Texas, for those of you listening, and they're scrambling now to find bigger schools that are up and coming as far as smaller conferences to move. Now, the Big 12 is a Power 5 conference. So, this means these teams that moving in there. There's going to be a Power now, 4 real soon. You fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> So the Big 12 is trying to get UCF, I know. UCF, um, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston. Houston. Yeah, I wanted to throw Houston out there so everyone knew I knew. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, BYU, Coastal Carolina on a warpath. So BYU, maybe they might want to go get Coastal Carolina. Um, well, it makes sense. So two of the teams make sense geographically. And BYU geographically, and Houston. BYU and Houston, but geographically. Geographics mean nothing nowadays because Maryland's geography means nothing. Whatever. Um, <laughs> look, if they're not going to stay true to it. I'm not going to stay right to the language. All right. So because Maryland's geographics in the Big Ten. mean nothing. <laughs> Maryland's in the, Big the episode. Ten. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Tell me how to spell that. Whatever. Um, so yeah. Um, UCF. It's it's weird. Former national champion, thirteen and zero. UCF. The same way. The same way West Virginia is West Virginia in the SEC now, mm, or are they no. in the Big Twelve? I, I thought they remember. were in the ACC. No, West Virginia is not in the ACC. The other two Virginias are in the ACC. I think oh, West Virginia, Virginia is in the Big Twelve. But yeah, similar to how that makes no sense, UCF going there makes no sense to me. Um, just from a just from a travel standpoint, West Virginia is in the Big East. West Virginia's in the Big East. That's not true. See what Big I East did there? There's, I know that was the joke. <laughs> Big Twelve. You are right. They are okay. first in the Big Twelve. Oh, they were in the Big the East 12. though, right? Back when yeah, it they existed? used to be in the Big East. Yes. Um. But yeah. So it it, it just it. College football is going to hell in a handbasket. Just just make hell it, in a handbasket. Just make it amateur. What the heck is the idiom? No, I'm agreeing with you. Hell oh, in a okay. handbasket. I was like, damn, that fuck up that. Um, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. This is ridiculous. Just make it no leagues. Everyone plays everyone. You know, the top teams. It, I'd, I'd much rather see it. No conferences. <laughs> and then just get abolish the NCAA entirely. And then just yeah. play who you want to play. Just fucking make a schedule. Who gives a shit? Everybody's independent. Go for it. Dude, do you know how cool it would be if Florida, Florida State, Miami, UCF, like all the Florida schools just played each other? That'd be so much I fun. I always have had this. Uh, that's okay to go on a tangent because we do have a little extra time. Um, whenever I'd play NCAA, I'd, I'd realign the conferences Joe? that way. All the Texas team in the, uh, make the Texas conference, all the Florida teams Joe? in the Florida conference, all the California teams in a California conference. I think so, I lost you. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Plus, was the great. best recruits come out of Florida anyway, so everyone knows they're the best schools. Florida, Texas, California. Well, now everybody comes into Florida. Alabama, why do you think Alabama's so damn good now? All they do is come into Florida and take all our talent. Yeah, it's just take. Urban Meyer, even when he was at Ohio State, was recruiting at track meets. Yeah, He'd go to track meets did. and be like, hey, you can play wide receiver. All right. In other news, 
Uh, the U.S. Open happened. Um, Rafa Nadal. Don't I know it? Right. Oh yeah, you how, did you go to a game? Did you go to a match? Fuck match no. Set point. It's tennis. Twenty love. Forty. No, love. I waited on a lot of people though at my restaurant that were in town for the uh, event. So oh, it was we pretty can talk intense. a little about that afterwards. Um. So yeah, no one, Djokovic, no one worth talking about. No one worth talking about. Djokovic no. was denied the uh oh the Rams the Rams the Raiders ended up winning somehow I didn't see oh hold on so you were right you called it you called the Raiders I called it then I uncalled it and now it happened for real um Djokovic was denied the Grants calendar Grand Slam he needed this one to get the four in a row no one has done it since Rod Labor um and Emma Raducanu uh beat. 18-year-old Emma Raducanu beat 19-year-old uh, Layla Fernandez in the- Yeah, youngest field in women's history. They yep. said more teenagers teenagers moved on in this than any other time in the U.S. Open's history. Yeah, so um, Fernandez had knocked out Naomi Osaka. Serena didn't play, obviously, because she had uh, backed out because of an injury. Um, and Raducanu, I believe, is the first British- a uh, person to represent Great Britain to win since like first British child to win. Well, she's not British. Um, she's Chinese and Romanian, um, but she grew up in Great Britain. Uh, since like nineteen sixty something, like forty four years, the first time a great uh, a woman from Great Britain has won it. So. Um, very cool to see those two young ladies uh, getting after it. Um, great match. I watched uh, Layla Fernandez win her match on Thursday as well. And um, yeah, just tremendous poise from both of them. And uh, Radicana didn't drop a set the entire uh, the entire tournament and had to play out of the qualifying. She was like ranked 100 something and didn't drop a set in 10 matches. Like incredible Damn. shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's next? The walk off. Welcome to the big leagues. Two run walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. You know, I was just thinking about it, and it's very interesting because you kept saying Great Britain. So there's England, Great Britain, the United Kingdom, whatever, you all call it. for the same area. Yeah. All for an island. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Great Britain is England, Scotland, Ireland, and then Northern Ireland, right? And Wales. Huh. Interesting. All right. So the walk-off is the short essay portion. Joe's going to go first since I host, and I'll go last. Mine is going to be more free-form. Uh, I do have some bullet points. I'm trying this thing where I'm trying to get better at writing on the fly to help me with stand-up. So that's going to be mine. Uh, instead of writing out a brilliantly right, worded essay like Joe has. I drop something immediately. I have to tell you, shut up. So go ahead, Joe. All right. My walk-off this week is entirely highly entertaining. This is a long one, by the way. I'll try to read through it fast. After a 10-year run that started midday on ESPN2, highly questionable has come to an end. It started as a man, Dan Levitard, who wanted to make a joke of the debate format that had permeated ESPN and sharing a workspace with his retired father, who was the voice of Dan's radio show. The show was about family in Miami. 
Gonzalo Poppy Lebertard was a Cuban exile that fled to America during the Castro regime. People like to think he was an old doddering man just sitting by his son and never truly accomplished anything of his own. But Poppy had a master degree and was an engineer prior to this phase of his career. Dan was a wonder kid journalist writing for the Miami Herald while in high school. He went on to write for SI and ESPN, the magazine. Dan was initially approached by ESPN about his own show, but he wanted to, they wanted him to move out of Miami. This was non-negotiable for Dan. Eventually they conceded and they built a studio on South beach in a South beach hotel, the Clevelander to house Dan's radio show and his new TV show. After years of floundering on the deuce, floundering just because it was on the deuce. Uh, the show added Bo- another host, Bomani Jones, and moved to ESPN proper. This did not change the way the show was presented, though there were now two voices. Though there were now two voices, it still was not a debate show. They didn't face each other. They sat on either side of Poppy, gave their opinions, and Poppy would give his thoughts afterward, normally a joke. After Bomani left to start his own show, there was a rotation of co-hosts. Highly Questionable broke a lot of talent that is a part of the new guard at ESPN from Mina Kime, Izzy Gutierrez, L. Duncan, Sarah Spain, Pablo Torre, Dominic Foxworth, Katie Nolan, the list goes on. HQ was the training ground to display the range that these talents had. And they, and the show never took itself seriously, which was the charm. The poppy handshake was a trademark, getting the likes of Chris Bosch, Ed Reed, Clyde Drexler, Trick Daddy. Uh, but and you got to see the, the the ice cube one. It's one of the best things ever on TV. Uh, but the number of times he got Mina Kimes will never be surpassed. This show started around the time I was heading off to college, and when I watched it or listened to Dan's radio show, it reminded me of home. It reminded me of the people I grew up around. And the further I got away from home, the more the show comforted me. Dan left HQ in January when he left ESPN, but the show continued on with the same sensibilities. A cross between a sports talk show and AFV. That's America's Funniest Home Videos. I will always remember the Argentinian Spider-Man, the kid soccer goalie, the flipper at the Clemson game, Brawler Kangaroo, the umpire on the stretcher, and the warlock montages. Thank you for making me laugh, cry, and forget my troubles for about 22 minutes without commercials. Kind of petered out at the end. No commercials. Rest in peace. Highly questionable, man. Yeah, great times, great times. All right, <clears throat> my walk off is called this whole time. <clears throat> so one big thing I've always said uh, when it comes to this podcast is how important sports are as far as bringing people together. That's something that I've stand stood by and something I continue to stand by. This was never made more clear to me than this past Sunday. I've now moved over a thousand miles away from my home in Jacksonville, Florida to New York City, pursuing a dream. And it was very important to me to still maintain some semblance of normalcy that I had in my past life. That all starts with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I researched online and found a bar on East 46th Street called St. Patrick's Bar and Grill. It is the home of the New York chapter of the Bold City Brigade, which is the Jacksonville Jaguar fan base. When I went in there this past Sunday around 105, I was running late because I couldn't catch a cab. I was incredibly nervous. Is this really going to be a Jacksonville Jags bar? Are there going to be people I know? Are there going to be 
fans of the Jags? Or is it going to be just another sports bar that builds itself as something it's not to try to get people in? Well, I showed up and it was exactly that. It was the Jaguars through and through. From the banners on the wall to the jerseys hanging in the frames, everyone was wearing Jaguars apparel. Obviously, a lot of people were wearing a lot of the Lawrence stuff. I went in with the Paul Puzlesny jersey. Everyone knows from the story of my proposal. Everyone greeted me with open arms. And it was strange because for that few hours, I felt like I was transported back to Jacksonville. I recognized some people from around Jacksonville. Some people recognized me from the comedy that I did down there. It was insane to think that we're living in one of the greatest metropolises in the world and everyone's talking about rain dogs and Jack's Beach. For a short while, we were all together. We were watching the game, screaming at the television and yelling Duval every once in a while when we scored a touchdown. But that's what it is. It's sports. It always brings people together no matter what. And that's something I've been saying this whole time. That's it. That's it. Gag Wars. Where did my video go? Why did my video go? I don't know. I, I looked back up and I was like, he's gone. That was a heartfelt. Nervous about that you were about dome. to cry. That was beautiful. That was I pretty good. It's it pretty good. It's aside from the Jaguars, you know, Jaguars. 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 Wars. Jaguars. All right. Let's get out of here. Gotta get that down. Gotta get that down, buddy. I mean, I don't have to get that down. You gotta get it down. I don't have and to. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> Gotta say. Tears. So many tears. Is it me or is David Carr wearing Invisalign? I have no idea. It's like he's wearing Invisalign at all times. His teeth have a weird like sheen to him. I'm seeing him being interviewed and it's like, the hell is that? It comes with a hundred million dollar contract, I guess. Like, just just get your teeth done. Don't get Invisalign. You just, get him fi- just get surgery. Yeah, just get them fixed. You All right, Joe. The child out there. You got new merch coming out or came out. Where can everybody find it? Yeah, uh, head over to joedorville.com. You can check me out joedorville.com backslash or front slash whatever slash it is. Uh, I honestly thought you said black slash and because I, I had <laughs> I had moved the headphone for a second to wipe my ear. And when I put it back, I thought you said black slash. And I was like, what is he going on about now? <laughs> um, Oh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can follow this show, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Kieran Press. Um, yeah, check out my merch. Check out my music, TV and TV season two by Headphone Joe. No, oh no, E Brennan. Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Uh, doing a lot of comedy stuff up here in New York City. Huge show, October 16th um, at Broadway Comedy Club. I also have one on October 7th, but if you're going to come to a show, come to October 16th. Check out my website for all my other dates. Um, and like I said, Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. And that's it. That's our show this week, ladies right, and gentlemen. Brennan, get me out of here so I can edit this and go to sleep to get to work in the morning. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out. Comedian Fuquan Johnson. Rest in peace.
You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.